Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. As always, you can subscribe to this by the DA Show, iTunes feed or Apple Podcast feed or Radio.com feed or anywhere else that you get our podcasts. Because the PGP shows up in it with our regular show items, but also on its own podcast feed. So if you just want to subscribe because you listen to the DA show live every day, but then you just want to catch up on the PGP, you can just subscribe to the PGP as well. It has its own podcast feed. Search permission granted and subscribe, rate and review there to help other people find it. Well, football season's here. It is Thursday following the show. And that means that tomorrow is our pick segment with Mraz up the gut in his football food of the week. And we have established this, but one thing we did not establish, Mraz, was whether we were going to do the picks challenge where once upon a time you have gone against the likes of he who shall not be named. Also, last year there was Super Dave and years prior others like Kenny Brock on the Wheels of Steel and James Ward formerly on the Wheels of Steel. And instead... We haven't decided on the eve of the NFL season what to do here. Have you given this any thought? Well, I, I think in talking to you briefly, we were a big fan of what Super Dave Dave Freeman had done. I don't know if we've if you've spoken to him since and if we were going to wait for an SEC schedule to come out. My other option was, and I guess I'm getting railed on this for the football food of the week, having a different listener step up and kind of like you suggested in our bet, which was, hey, maybe you have a relay of people with dodgeball. Maybe we have a different college football picker that's a listener. It's listeners versus Mraz, and we find some sort of bet to piggyback off that. So I don't, I don't like that idea, not because I don't want our listeners to be involved. I love when our listeners are involved, but I think it has to be a season-long bet because it's not fair if one guy goes 3-0 and against you and you go 0-3 or hmm. something, okay. and then that lead dissipates because the next picker is just a disaster. You know, it has to be your okay. wits matched against one other person the rest of the way. So the only reason that I've hesitated on this bit is because if we bring in Super Dave or whoever to do college football picks, is it fair to basically 
hamstring that person because they don't get two full power conferences to make picks. There's no Big Ten and there's no Pac-12. And I know that there's the other three, but I don't know. It kind of feels like, is this a real college football season to really pick? I don't know. It see, I mean, I kind of feel like it's not even a real college football season for any conference, even the ones that are playing. I don't hate that. However, it should be noted. It's not as if last year when we had Super Dave, he was out there raking it in with the big 12 True. and Pac-12 games. I mean, Super Dave was the best at picking the obscure games. In fact, Super Dave would have been ideal for the last two weeks of college football that we've already had. Those are the exact kind of games we were getting picked anyway. Well, that is true. And because of that, Friedman did, Super Dave Friedman did reach out to me. He said last week or the week before, is Mraz still doing NFL picks this year? If you need somebody to do college football, I can do it. I've got no problem. But if you want me, I'd have to start researching Eastern Kentucky versus Marshall. And I, I wouldn't have wanted picks last week. I mean, I know it's just about getting them right and just about making some money. But, like, we really don't care about Eastern Kentucky Marshall, no matter what your pick is, no matter what the line is. you got to pick some of the big boys. And he did pick some of the big boys. So, I don't know. I think, like, we could only really start it this week anyway because this week we actually have real conference games. So, all right, point, counterpoint, is we kind of have a production meeting here live on the PGP. I would say the other part of that that maybe you're not factoring in as much is the, the constant – explosion now of sports legal betting outside of places like Las Vegas where, look, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I got texts from a lot of friends yesterday, uh, last weekend on a lot of these college football games. Okay. Who do you like in this? Who do you like? And I think people are so desperate to gamble on football, and especially college football, that the Dave Freeman picks, the beauty of him last year, or he was really good for stretches, and he was picking games where people are dying just to have a little skin in the game. And I don't think people are tuning out and not betting college football because they're not getting a couple power conferences this year. And I think if the idea is, yes, we want to talk about the big games on a sports radio show, that is absolutely true. But I do think the gambling element is a different element from talking about it, that it does have a purpose in the show for a couple minutes. Okay, I feel you on that. Well, if that's the case, then we should bring him in tomorrow. Then on Friday's show, he should do his picks and you should do your picks. That's fine with me. I guess the next question would be two separate segments, or are we going to go mano y mano and have him join up the gut? Mm, good question. I have to think about that. I have to think about how that works. I'd have to think. Okay, but that's a possibility. Either okay. one. Now, the other thing is, you know, I've talked about Tasty Top 5, which is my five favorite college football games of the weekend, but I just don't feel like doing that because there's no good games right now. I mean, the first two weeks... Now, two weeks ago was not really a full college football week, but last week was so awful. And I don't know, this week, it's just the ACC, basically. Do you want my tasty top five of ACC action? No, I think you need the SEC, Big 12, and I said Big 12 earlier, I should have meant Big 10. I think you need at least the three power conferences going, and then we get the tasty top five and top. So maybe that's something we hit end of September, beginning of October, because... Honestly, like, does anybody care if you prefer Nor uh, Duke and Notre Dame over Wake Forest and Clemson this week? I don't think anybody cares. So well, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah, I think that's something you need. To me, the SEC specifically needs to be involved before we do a tasty top five. 
But I, I don't think you dismiss it for the year. I don't. I just think you don't worry if we're not starting it in early September, and that's something that could easily, even if it's two months long in October and November, we go with it. Gotcha. Okay, because this week you could argue, and this is difficult to argue, but that the most interesting game of the weekend is Notre Dame-Duke. Right. And that's a 20-point line. Right. That's yeah. Notre Dame by 20. I mean, the other games that are in effect here with ranked teams, Syracuse-North Carolina, that's a 22-point line. Man. Clemson-Wake Forest is a 33-point line. Texas-UTEP is a 43-point line. I mean, nobody cares if I want to see these games because they don't care about watching these games. There's... Oklahoma, Missouri State, Oklahoma's the number five team of the country. It doesn't even have a line. It's it's such a ridiculous game. Yeah, this is going to be one of those, I think, for the viewer, we call it a first half Saturday where you tune in for a bunch of the first halves yeah. and then you don't really care about the outcome. So, yeah, uh, look, I think that this year, because of what 2020 has meant, especially on our show, where nothing seems right and mm-hmm. nothing seems normal, and I think that is colliding with the DA uh, organizational, if you will, Mm-hmm. I don't know the best way to describe it. You know, you're super my structure. organized. Yeah, you're super structured that I think it's one of those, hey, it's okay if we either don't do stuff we normally do or we do them differently and, and or we just don't do them on time. I understand that come, come this week, it's a big opening of football and we have up the gut and we're doing all the football guests and stuff like that. But if that means we don't get to a tasty top five until October – or even if we're feeling out the college football season and just people aren't in the mood if we don't get to it at all, I think that's okay. But I think much like the Big Ten making a decision too early, we don't have to make a decision too early on the Tasty Top 5. Okay, I like where your head is at here, which makes me believe that I should start doing Tasty Top 5 in Week 4 because Week 4 is when you have the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC start play. Like week four, Tennessee, South Carolina. Week four, Florida, Ole Miss. Week four, K-State, Oklahoma. Week, week, week four, FSU, Miami. There's some juice there. There's enough to choose from to where Tasty Top 5 works. That's juice, absolutely. That's all Pete wants is a little juice. We need a little juice. Very, very that, bland. I think that's totally worthy. And I would and look, even in the meantime, I guess we already just went over it doesn't really work. Could you do a hybrid tasty top five where maybe you take the end of an hour after a Canadian bacon or something for two minutes and just say, Hey, schedule's light, but here's the game I'll be watching and just give us two minutes on a game? Maybe that works too. I don't know. Okay. All right. There could be a, a hybrid short tasty top five into a tasty top one. Right. Just call it tasty. Who knows? <laughs> okay. All right. So after workshop of this, I, I think I will book Super Dave tomorrow on the show and get this thing going. The only thing is that we need something on the line. What was on the line last year for you guys? Well, he had to use drops on the right. show or on his game. Jeez. Super Dave is the voice of Winthrop Basketball. He was going to have to use drops from our show, work it into the play-by-play. But you ended up losing because he had a furious finish at the end. Yes, and what did I have to do? I know I paid it off. I don't remember what I had to do. Hmm. I'll have totally, to think of something a I know. I, I, I hate memorable. to space it out on the PGP, but I'm totally spacing on what the bet was last year. Okay, so Super Dave then tomorrow. Tasty Top 5 coming your way week four. And now we have Canadian Bacon kind of wrapping up. There's only one game a night. Right. 
And then soon there's going to be some nights where there is no game because we're just into the Stanley Cup final. And it's kind of amazing how fast we're zooming ahead here, but we've only got, what, maybe two to three weeks of hockey left? Uh, yeah, if you're figuring they're going every other night and we're already up to game three of the West, so you're figuring another week from now you should have the conference finals wrapped and then figure two weeks from now, so about three weeks left by the time you're probably over and done with hockey. Made me realize how underserved the hockey fan is in sports radio because this segment is essentially between four and six minutes per day. Right. And how many hockey fans have been like, oh, thank you for talking about the playoffs. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I mean, we've had people say that you could win awards in Canada. This is a place in Canada where they actually talk hockey all of the time. And hockey fans are getting four minutes sometimes out of a four-hour show, and they're like, oh, thank goodness, this is awesome. Yeah, and look, the reason I'm doing this is obviously because I'm a hockey fan. You know I love hockey. You know I'm into the games every night. Bogus is as well. And it is true because hockey is one of those sports. If you're a hockey fan, chances are you're probably also a basketball fan. You're going to be a baseball fan. You're going to be a football fan. But it's you're not necessarily a fan of hockey if you're a fan of other sports. So because of that, they kind of get shoved into their own little corner, and people have a lot of pride. And especially in the postseason, because I know this is different than other years, the hockey postseason is so special. The games are so grueling. They're on the edge of your seat. And if you're waking up, and that's the rush of sports you got the night before was watching one of these hockey games, and you turn on a show for four hours, three hours, something like that, sports radio, and they're not even talking about it at all, which a lot of shows do. I mean, how, you almost feel like you're detached from the sports world. Why am I even listening to sports? Well, that's the sports I watched. So even if we could serve this, as small a serving as it is, I think it's at least scratching that itch, and that's why people are loving it. I'll tell you, I agree. And I think that the NHL, if the NBA ever did go to push the season to start on Christmas and go into July or August like we're seeing now, that would really help hockey out. Because if oh, they don't have to battle winner. tooth and nail – with every week that basically the NBA playoffs are on getting more important is exactly when the Stanley Cup playoffs are getting more important. That'd be huge if they were playing. Let's just say they played the Stanley Cup finals on the same schedule. So that's late June or mid-June. And that's actually like the first round of the NBA playoffs. That's big for them. Oh, forget about it. That would be an enormous one because, of course, that is always the problem. And, they, and they've done a good job in the past when they get to the actual Stanley Cup and they don't book on the same night as the NBA Finals. They will space that out a little bit. But it's inevitable when you're postseasons at the same time that you're going to run into run into games. And, and look, they're just they're, even last night, as we're taping this on a Thursday, on a Wednesday night, there's not enough TVs for me. Obviously, I want to watch the Islanders Lightning. It's the only hockey game in town. I'm keeping tabs on the Yankees, although my heart's not invested. But then you have Raptors and Celtics going on, and it's just an unbelievable game that how could you not have your main focus on it? You almost feel bad, and then you get a thrilling hockey game like you had with the Lightning win in the last second, but all eyes have been on the NBA all night. Hockey, if the NBA pushes back, is the ultimate winner because thrilling games like last night don't become second fiddle in the forefront. It would be very big for hockey for that, but I'm glad that we're getting a little hockey in here, and I'm kind of surprised that it's gone so swimmingly for both the NBA and the NHL. I don't know about you, but I kind of thought there'd be some hiccups along the way, especially with families being involved now yeah. in Orlando. And man, both hockey and basketball, is it not amazing that they're just trucking along as though nothing to see here, business as usual, games go off on time, nobody tests positive, no rosters are restructured, and we just keep plugging along. 
Yeah, I, to me, I think there's two things that I look at and I go, I can't figure out what is more surprising. Because, obviously, we saw what happened with baseball and traveling and teams having to shut down. And I think there was always the question of, if you have a positive test, how do you handle it? Do you press on and just quarantine that person? Do you shut the whole team down? Obviously, we learned how baseball handled it. For the NBA and NHL to really not ever have to face that, because there was that thought in playing in a bubble, hey, all it takes is one person to come into the bubble, we don't know they have it, then they have it, then there's a major outbreak, because you're in a bubble, everybody basically could get it, or something like that, to not have to deal with that, and now you've funneled teams out of there, is remarkable, and the other part that I, I, don't, I think is actually more shocking is, and I know we've kind of touched on this, I love that it's become so forgettable, that fans aren't in the building when you're watching games on TV. Like, for the NBA and NHL specifically, when I watch these games, there it never even crosses my mind. A part of that is I'm just used to it. Oh, yeah, there's no fans there. The way the NBA made it look, the way the NHL made it work, look, it's just normal to me. It's And maybe it's sad that it's normal to me, but I thought for sure I would grow to like it. I was a favor of crowd noise and all of that. And, you know, we'll just deal with it because we wanted sports, we wanted sports. Not only did I grow to like it, I don't even notice, which I really? think is a major win. I really, When I watch the NBA and I see the virtual fans, it doesn't register me until I, re, until I actually try to deeply think about it. I'm just watching the games. It doesn't bother me. I think that's true in the NBA. I've definitely noticed it in the NHL because the crowds are so loud and so rambunctious in hockey playoff games. That's true. That's true. But I, I guess the tight tarping... I, I don't know, man. I, maybe maybe I'm just so numb to it because I wanted sports back so bad and I could be in the total minority here. And don't get me wrong, I would love anything to throw on a jersey and go to an NHL playoff game and have beers and slap hands and and life to be normal again. But just from a, a viewing standpoint on TV, I just I I hate to say it, I don't miss it. I don't miss the fans being there. It just the games feel regular to me. What I think is really remarkable is that these playoffs and the Major League Baseball season haven't been as wacky and as topsy-turvy as these kind of crazy circumstances would suggest, like the Heat are in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's kind of weird. Right. But five of the, the top four seeds in each conference that, that moved on to the NBA, in the West, one, two, three, four. In the East, one, two, three, five. There was no real upsets there. It's just that the Heat got through the one seed in Giannis. In hockey, this is not crazy that it's the Lightning and the Islanders. The, the Lightning were the best team of the East last year, and the Islanders are a little bit of a Cinderella. But it's, it, this wouldn't be crazy if it was a regular NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Wow. The Islanders were playing the East Finals. And Vegas was in the Stanley Cup Final, what, two years ago? Right. And you know, the Stars really have been... Good really good as well like it, it's not crazy and in major league baseball astros aren't that great yankees are in a downturn but it's not like there's this trash team that is right now leading the american league it's been the good teams have basically kept winning isn't that interesting yeah it, especially in baseball i thought for sure you were going to get a fluky you know whether it's an orioles winning a division or the marlin you know some of these teams have been better than we think and i think over a sample size of 162 a lot of that would thin out but yeah for the most part what you're going to get as far as champions go in all of these leagues will be deserving champions will be teams that you could have in theory said at the beginning of the season yeah, they could have won a championship. Now, maybe we wouldn't have said that about Miami if they carry on and do that in the NBA, I guess. But I don't think Miami's rise to prominence has anything to do with the fact that they're playing in a bubble and the season's fluky. I just think they were underappreciated exactly. this season. So, 
Yeah, I think I think that's good, and I think that's good and healthy as a sports fan in the league because when we look back on the record books and when you you know you play the game with your friends, oh yeah, who won this championship? Who won that championship? You don't want it to always look back and, and realize twenty twenty be like they won that championship, but 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 there was a pandemic, but there was a bubble. I think if you see you know Lakers or Clippers that year win a championship, the Tampa Bay Lightning win a cup, and you know, even if it's the Tampa Bay Rays winning a World Series, like you're going to look back, go, oh, yo, they were really good that year. They were really good that year, and you won't have that sour note of, wow, they really got there because that year was really messed up. Like that's totally. not going to feel that that way. And I think that's that's a win for everybody involved with sports, which also makes me feel like it's going to be a win with the NFL too. That w- what we see and what we get is what we probably expect anyway. I agree. It, it was almost like we all worried too much about what was going to happen and didn't realize that, you know what, good teams win games, bad teams lose games. It's just the way that it goes no matter what. Like the Stanley Cup final being lightning versus the Knights, if this is where it's at, I'm sure there's a lot of people that predicted that before the season, right? I mean, those are two of the best teams in hockey. If we end up getting, let's just say, Lakers-Raptors, two of the best teams in basketball. And if we get Lakers-Clippers, that's what everybody expected the entire year in the West. And... The Dodgers are great. If we get the Dodgers of the World Series, yawn, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. So it's kind of comforting to know it's not a total kind of like crazy, unpredictable mess, which, I don't know, also kind of makes me think, like, do we really need all of those teams in the NCAA tournament? Because having 370 teams... The, the same 64 teams are probably going to be in the field of 64 anyway. Now, the only – I hate to play devil's advocate because I'm with you that we don't need all those teams. I do think the NCAA tournament's a little different in that, remember, we got the NBA postseason, NHL postseason, and the baseball season. We didn't get March Madness, and they are looking to recoup something here because – No, absolutely. You know, once you lose yep. on March Madness, I mean, financially – you, you, you got to find a way to make it up somehow, and if it's all at once in the second year, as terrible as it would be, I, I at least understand the mindset. Today, Ben Volen of the Boston Globe joined us on the show, and he was pretty confident that the Patriots, despite maybe 6-10 and 10 talent, would be about 9-7. and seven. Yesterday, we had our good friend Tyler Dunn on, longtime NFL writer, Bleacher Report, Buffalo News, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and he was convinced that the Patriots are the favorite in the AFC East. You and I have the bet now. The bet has been established. Mm-hmm. If the Patriots finish with a bottom three record of the NFL, I lose. If they finish with four or higher, you lose. On the line, wearing an American colonial outfit while reading a script in a town square that the other person writes as somebody throws dodgeballs at you from 15 feet away and perhaps, with a little twist, some clam chowder dumped on your head as well. Are you worried at all that we have back-to-back NFL insiders that are convinced this is more of a 500 or above team? No, because it's not as if I made this bet thinking everybody was going with the grain. I, and I let me just say this. I do think I can understand the philosophy on why you would pick the Patriots to win the division. And to me, it has more to do with the AFC still being garbage. So I, I get that. And that's what scares me if I had to be honest about this bet. But if we're being real... Because we've seen so much of something over 20 years, which are the Patriots being good and Bill Belichick being this amazing head coach, stepping up to the plate and saying, well, they lost Tom Brady, and look how many, and they did, they lost a ton of guys opting out, Jamie Collins, I mean, people in free agency, their defense is a shell of what it used to be. 
it's because Bill Belichick's on those sidelines and those Patriot uniforms are on and people are intrigued by Cam Newton that I think people are scared to look foolish against Bill Belichick. I really do believe that. I think if you've been around the game a long time, you know not to doubt Bill Belichick. And because of that, I think it's the ultimate, I'll believe it when I see it. And I think Ian Rappaport even told you the same thing a couple weeks ago. I'll believe the Patriots are bad when I see it. I'm just looking at this roster. I'm t- I look at the roster, and I look scan up and down. I've been skimming my magazines and everything else. It's one of the worst rosters in football. In fact, I would argue it's one of the worst rosters we've seen in the NFL in the last 10 years. Like It's that big of a joke of a roster. I think them, Carolina, and Washington are clearly the three worst rosters of the, in the football. The difference is they have Bill Belichick, and they're in a bad division where it's not as if you look and you realize it's three top-heavy teams ahead of them. You could conceivably see those three teams fumbling all over themselves because Bill Belichick's there and he plays them six times. So I see both sides of it, but I'm putting my neck on the line. I don't think this team's any good, and I I don't think Bill Belichick's trying to necessarily lose. I just think the talent tells me they're going to stink, and I think they're going to be right in the mix for Trevor Lawrence at the end of the year by picking top three. So I'm not going to bow down on this bet. No way. Okay. I feel really confident, really confident that you're going to be sitting there as an oversized, hefty Ben Franklin, and I'm going to be throwing dodgeballs at you. I didn't I didn't appreciate, by the way, that you think I needed a 2X Ben Franklin costume. We don't know what I'm going to look like. I could be a 3X. I could be an XL by then. We don't know. That's the, Much like the pandemic, it's way too early to make that call on what size I'll need. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to slim down over football season. <laughs> You should have heard. You should have heard yesterday. Already, the text messages coming in. Where are we watching Sunday's games? Where are we watching Monday's games? Whose house are we going to? Do we want the three foot hero here? What wings are we going to do here? And I'm just shaking my head, going, "This is how it begins. This is the endless cycle. This is how it begins." Football season is here. We made it. We bridged the gap between Super Bowl and pandemic and no NCAA tournament to day one of the NFL season coming up tonight. That's side A. Here comes Moraz and Bogues. On side B. Howdy doody, folks. It's side B of the PGP. Welcome on into this fun old corral. It's Mraz, the executive producer of the show and host of side B, saying, Welcome to football season. Welcome to September. Welcome to fall. All the goodies unwrapped in a box, and the PGP will trek on through the fall. Thank you guys. Hope you everybody's had a good summer. Thanks for checking in on the PGP as always. And Andrew Bogus joins me now. Bogey, hello. How are you? And welcome to the wild, wild west. Where, where did that come from? Uh, I don't know. I just I tried to do a little something different. Tried to get a little hokey, a little pokey, and uh, you turn your friends about. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get a little. The stale. only thing you didn't say was, "I reckon we should talk about some football right now." I reckon we should talk about some football right now. So let's not start with football. I do have some football odds and ends to tie in, at least behind the scenes here on the show, Mr. Andrew Bogish, but I do want to start right off the bat with a hello. I hope your summer was well. We know that you've had some fun. It was actually nice over the weekend. I got to see Bogish for a couple minutes as he was in my neck neck of the woods picking up donuts. By the way, let's just start there. Andrew Bogish comes to my town where I live in Long Island to get donuts, and I'm the slob. He drove 30 minutes, folks, 30 minutes out of the way to make sure he got this fancy donut place that opened up by where I live. And for all those who call me the fatty on the show, I am not driving 30 minutes out of the way to get donuts, Bogish. But I had one donut. I didn't I didn't go and have six. We we took a ride in the morning, me and my family. We bought donuts. We sat by, thanks to your recommendation, a beautiful body of water and saw some boats going by. And 
nice cool breeze beautiful morning i i don't see how any of that makes me a slob but if that is what gets you to sleep and makes you feel better about your decisions then then so be it well i can't knock you for it because i have two gotten donuts from the same place and eaten at the same exact spot hence why i gave it to you <laughs> so uh i'm just trying to gain a little points here and a little momentum but i did find it interesting and the reason i wanted to start here with why i you know how i ended up seeing you you get Call me, you were in town. I thought that was very nice of you, by the way. You could have just went about your business. You knew I lived there. And you said, why don't you come by and say hello? My wife happened to have the, my daughter, Taylor, to mime and me class. So I show up to see Bogus's family. The first thing his wife goes is, you? Who cares about you? We want you to bring your yeah. kid. So they, I was basically asked to come and be used for my child. And I didn't have my child. And boy, did that not make Mrs. Bogus very happy. She was not happy to see me at all. But... The reason, again, I keep bringing this up, and I'm going to say it for the second time, I tie this in. How about Pete DeBonny Pilates Trash on Trash Tuesday, Bogus? We have a Krispy Kreme donut place opening up in New York City, and this has become a big buzz in all the news. Now, for those who maybe don't know what Krispy Kreme is, it is you know your classic, like a Tim Hortons, Dunkin' Donuts chain donut place. They're very famous for having the donuts come hot off a conveyor belt, and you can chow them down. Now, Krispy Kreme is packaging them up. You can get them at gas stations all over the country, but... In New York specifically, which is so overwhelmed with Dunkin' Donuts, we don't really get Krispy Kreme anymore. There used to be quite a few, and really they've all shuttered except for one in Penn Station, which is a train station if you trust it. And now they're bringing <laughs> this massive Krispy Kreme to, to Manhattan, and the reason it's all the buzz is they are going to have the world's largest glazed waterfall within it. In other words, all the glaze that ends up on the donuts is going to cascade in what will look like Niagara Falls inside this place. And it is going to be a major, major attraction, which is something that everybody is buzzing about. And, and Pete, the body, the body is crushing it. So I ask you, Bogus, as somebody who just drove a half an hour out of the way for fancy donuts, are you with Pete on his knock of this being a big deal or in on this is freaking awesome? Uh, I'm going to have to play the middle hero as usual because I'm annoying like that. Now, I would... In Pete's defense, I would never make a trip into Manhattan just for these donuts and this store. If I'm in the area and it dawns on me that this crazy Krispy Kreme is there, do I then walk a couple of maybe a block or two out of my way to see it? Yes. But if they had, Sean, if that cascade, that waterfall of glaze— was something you could swim in, something you could like, di- you know, it was like almost like a chocolate fountain at a wedding where you could like dip a marshmallow in and eat. If it was interactive, I'd have been there yesterday. But since it's not, I would go as like a secondary part of my trip. It could never be the reason why I went. And I oh. think that was really the essence of Pete's trash. Hold on here. Hold, hold on to steal okay. Hurricane Jen's line. You mean to tell me they're going to have a cascading glaze waterfall and they're not going to give you a plain donut on a stick to stick under it and glaze it yourself? I mean, that seems to be a real big hygiene problem, no? You just wanted people to bathe in it, Bogus. You can't swim in glaze. Is it really a I hygiene didn't problem expect to, it. to take like a stick you'd make a s'more on and put a donut and throw it through that cascade? That would be the way I interpret it, that you can get near it to take a picture. And I would also say... And there's a lot of people over the years that have come into Manhattan. Unfortunately, right now, that's not something that's going on during COVID. But let's just let's just say the world's normal again. People, where's the Empire State Building? Where's the Statue of Liberty? Oh, you know, where can I go see some really bad poets read something in a warehouse? You have all these things go on. 
for me, if I'm traveling from outside the country, and you tell me world's largest glazed waterfall, I'm in. That that climb, who needs the Empire State Building then, Bogues? Right, this is the guy who doesn't need to go to France because you're good, but the, but the glazed waterfall will drag you into Manhattan as a, it, as a tourist stop. I, no, I, 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 I get it. If you're, you're going to have it, like have it and let me dive into it. But I feel like they also have to keep keep it away from people because as a, as a, as a species, we're disgusting. And people will do horrible things in the glaze if you have free access to it. I guess you're right. We do have a lot of disgusting people and- <laughs> I guess there's a lot of things that could go on in Manhattan where you could end up in the glade. Yeah. All right. Maybe you're right. But nonetheless, I got to see this. And I will promise you this. Uh, when we are all reunited again and we head back to our studios in New York City, I really think we need to take a show trip to go to this glazed waterfall. I really think we need to do a show nomad. We need to do it. I know Pete was upset about it, but it was something that really piqued my interest before I ever knew Pete was going to trash it. I think it's the perfect field trip kind of, uh, hey, good to see everybody again together, boys. Let's go see the glazed waterfall. Well, and, and let's be honest. If you can dunk your own hot, fresh donut into this glazed waterfall, Pete's online first. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, you know, what do you know? I, I took all my <laughs> chips and I could I could get marshmallows and I could put everything in there. Yeah, now Pete suddenly suddenly would be all about it. All right, well, as a follow-up to that, I made this announcement on Twitter yesterday. And, again, you can follow me on Twitter, at CBS, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Football season is here, and with that comes the return of Up the Gut. Now, over the years, we've had great pick contests go down last year. Super Dave Friedman was in the mix. Maybe he makes an appearance later this year when college football gets more serious. We have, you know, somebody who we don't name anymore singing songs at one point. Kenny Brock Mm. was in the mix. James Ward was in the mix. And we always do picks. And picks are always a big part of it. But also when I do up the gut, giving out a football food of the week is also a gigantic part of it. And and distinctly last year, Bogus, if you remember, I took a lot of criticism because I offered some good dips because I think dips are a great football snack. And uh, all these are dips. These are not football foods. And I will say that after, I guess this will be year eight of up the gut, a football Oof. food for 20 weeks, you know, start doing the math. That's a lot of foods I've given you. Sometimes I double up. I'm big on lemon pepper wings, making an appearance every year. Last year, I was very, very gratified or appreciative that we had a listener take over and make an account and make every food I made. So I, I figured as a give back this year, on top of the fact that, look, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't want to double up that much on foods of the past. I have pitched it to the listeners. Hey, if you guys in your neck of the woods have a really good football snack, send it my way. I'll credit you. I'll give your Twitter plug, your Instagram plug. Say this came from so-and-so wherever. Uh, and this is a snack they like to make because I could probably get caught up in my own little world in New York sometimes. And maybe there's something down in Tuscaloosa or something in Boise, somewhere in, in Oklahoma where it's a snack that I wouldn't know. And I think it could really broaden the palates of up the gut. So that's what I want to try to do this year with the football food. So I ask you, Andrew, because I want to put you on the spot. Do you have a good football snack I should consider for football foods of the week this year? Oh, no, I do not. I'm sorry to let you down, but I don't. I mean, I the, the creativity – on a Sunday afternoon for me is definitely lacking because partly, I mean, you're, you're going to live in this world soon, man. So like cling to these days while you can your Sundays where you can go, I'm out from noon until 11 PM. They are numbered, man. No this, way. You know, it's soon no you're going to have soccer. You're going to have kids parties. You're going to have all the pumpkin patch trips. You're going to have all these things going on on Sunday where you're going to have to pick your battles, and sometimes you're going to have to not be around. So, I mean, 
to me, I give you a barbecue, I mean, but but nothing, you know, a cheeseburger is not fit for, or some ribs are not fit for for this, um, f- for your idea here. I've, I, I got nothing good to tell you. I figured with that smoke, you would have had something. But I'm telling you right now, if you think I'm going to a kid's birthday party on a football Sunday and leaving my home, you're out of your mind. Now, are people welcome okay. to my house? Sure. Fine. Not a chance. Not a chance. Pumpkin patch? No way we're doing that on a Saturday. No way, Bogus, am I losing this. It is my job to watch football, and I refuse to give that up. All right. Be strong, but we'll see. <laughs> Check back to me in 2023, 2024. We'll see what I, happens. I will I will certainly, certainly check back okay one more nugget if you will don't tell me after tuesday's show that you always make a point when you're shopping to push the cart back in the corral i refuse to believe you've never left the cart dangling near a parking spot before um i would say eight times out of ten i take the cart back to the little wrangling thing if it the weather's crappy then probably not. If it's, you know, it's super cold, it's raining. If the kids are in the car, and I don't want to like walk too far away from the car that in it, maybe. But my default position is to put the cart back where it goes. And I also, too, use the self-checkout and easy pass because I got to move on. I understand moving on. I do. But my look, I'm telling you, there are a lot of good people who... You know, that is their job to push those carts in the corral. And if everybody starts being this good Samaritan, making sure they get back right up to that front of that supermarket again, that job's going to get eliminated. So please, leave your carts dangling in spots. Be a hero, not a zero. That was my case. Here's, here's what I want you to do, hero. The next time you go to, your, to, to go food shopping, I want you to, after you unload the cart into your car, I want you to find the person who is working the parking lot in that instance. I want you to make eye contact with them and then I want you to push the cart in the other direction so that okay. he ha- he or she has work and now is taking a couple extra steps because if you're looking out for them, you should make them work- walk farther to actually help their health on top of saving their job. You should do your best to keep them alive, to keep working at their job, so they should walk as far as necessary, even farther, to go get the cart. So go empty your cart, find the guy, find the girl, make eye contact as if you're going to give it back to them, which they normally appreciate, but push it in the other direction. Go, you're welcome for your job and your extra steps on your pedometer. Enjoy your health. I'll see you later. I'll leave you with this, Bogus. Two weeks ago, I did this at at my local supermarket. I had it pulled up to the trunk. And the guy who was in charge of pushing the carts comes walking up to my car to grab it before I could even make my move and leave it in a spot. And he wasn't not happy that I was leaving it behind my car. He was more happy when he asked if I could loan him a cigarette that I didn't have a cigarette. So these are the kind of people I'm looking out for. If I take that away, how's he going to buy his cigs? He's not going to be able to buy his cigs. But you know that part of the job is to get the carts from the little parking space back into the store, right? So that's always going to be needed from them, even if you put the cart back there. That's the point of their job is to get those carts back near the store so the next customer can use them. It's not just to get them from the random spots in the lot and put them away. It's to transport them back to the store. So if you do them the favor of putting the cart in the little space, then they have less work to do. Look, if you're parking next to it, maybe, maybe. But other than that, everybody, you know, flexing their Twitter muscles, tweeting at DA, saying how awful you are if you're that person. Everybody's that person. Everybody's a hypocrite when it comes to it. No, There's stop no way. speaking for everybody. You can make your own decisions and be right or wrong, but don't say no one does this or everybody does this because I don't. And, a lot what of, do you, and clearly, what do you other mean? people don't as well. 
What do you got? What are you eating there? I hear a little munching. I don't know going why. On. I just threw a piece of uh, fig bar in my mouth for no reason whatsoever. I don't know why I couldn't wait the 90 seconds until we were done recording this. Well, now we're going to wrap. We're going to wrap on your fig bar note, Bogus. Howdy doody. <laughs> Welcome to the OK Corral, and Bogus had a fig bar. Uh, Bogus, you can follow yourself on Twitter. <laughs> At Andrew Bogus. <laughs> Hope he finishes his breakfast. Sorry we had to interrupt him with side B here. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at CBS. Remember, everybody, if you have a good football food of the week, now there's no guarantee I'll pick it. I'm going to be frank. If I think it sucks, it may not make it home, but if I'm intrigued, it's send it my way at Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.